You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 13 March. U.S. markets are opening an hour earlier. Europe follows in two weeks. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. Did Silicon Valley Bank collapse? And if you've got time, U.S. jobs and heck, even if you've got more time, net care trading update. Kingsley Williams from Satrix, how bias affects our investment in making decisions. Uh, and Martin Ackerman uh, from Citadel. Some bright points from an otherwise disappointing, in fact, otherwise horror uh, GDP fourth quarter print. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Takeover regulation panel censors Caxton, says all statements regarding Caxton's intention to increase its stake in impact must be vetted, setting a precedent for all companies. Business day, NASPAS shuts down 1.4 billion rand SA-focused tech fund foundry. Group will maintain the investments it has made, however. Morning markets. We've got the U.S. red on Friday. S&P off 1.5, NASDAQ down 1.4%. Asia is green with Sydney up 0.4 and Tokyo up 1.6. Commodities, very green. Gold, 1,889. Brent, $83.01 a barrel. Platinum, 9.72. Palladium, $1,409 an ounce. Rand, eighteen nineteen. Bitcoin, 22300 10 cent is trading up 5.5% in the Hong Kong lunch break. Uh, and top 40 looking for a green open, but 940 points to the up. That is one and a third percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Standing now with uh, Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investments. Wayne, the, the, the story that's been going all weekend and, and truthfully is still going as we speak because, of course, what in Washington, it's only midnight as we speak right now, um, is Silicon Bank, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, they collapse on Friday. It seems Yellen, Yellen says no bailout but wants to protect depositors. Rumors that they're going to be auctioned uh, the, as, as much as in the next couple of hours. Uh, your take on this? I mean, it, it's, it's a big bank. It's the second biggest collapse. But my sense is it does seem to be contained and regulators seem to be managing it. I think so, yes. They just announced this morning that all depositors with the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, and there might even be another one, mm. are going to be guaranteed and they're getting a liquidity injection. A couple of the other banks that are also a bit pushed, they're also getting a liquidity injection. So it seems to be contained. I, I don't think we're staring down the barrel of a banking collapse. And you can see it in the future, same as our yeah. futures. The futures on the American markets are very, very strong. Yeah, uh, indeed. It's a strong opening. Uh, Goldman Sachs, however, says that this might mean a no uh, a rate hike from the FOMC later this month. I mean, does it go as far as that? Because that seems I a little I extreme. Don't I don't know. I still think we're going to get the quarter point. I think the half a point is off the table because the jobs numbers Good and bad, but I think on, on, on balance, probably good, the jobs mm. numbers that came out last last Friday. But, I mean, the SPV collapse is just bad hedging yeah. by, the, by the actual bank itself. And, of course, it's symptomatic of life's very different when there's free money around at virtually zero interest rates and where you are now. Yeah. It's just a different environment.
Yep, and after what ten, fifteen years of low interest rates, I think a lot of yes. a lot of folks. I mean, just just not quite sure how to manage it. You mentioned U.S. jobs there was strong. Unemployment slipped to three point six from three point four. That's still a a, a a strong number. And to your point, I think that 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 really gives the Fed space to to stay their hand, perhaps for for a half point increase. Look, I, th- I think it's going to be a quarter point because I think the biggest number that came out there was the increase in the average wage was only 0.2 of a percent. Mm-hmm. That's low. Yeah. You know, compared to the previous month, I think it was 0.4. Now, you annualize that, you're getting down to reasonable numbers. So I think we'll see a quarter point. I don't think this whole banking story with SPV and signatures is going to sway the Fed from not increasing interest rates. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I agree with that. Netcare came out with a trading update at the close on, mm. on Friday. I mean, in, in, in some sense, I mean, patient days, uh, uh, acute and mental, all moving in the right direction. Revenue Correct. is slightly down. Your take on, on, on the update? I don't think it's a bad update. Whenever a company gives you an update that's outside of the six-month reporting period, this was for four months, mm-hmm. you either know it's very good or very bad. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. So this was actually quite good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that. I take your point. And this certainly, yeah, I, I, I noticed that. And also at five, five o'clock on a Friday, I, I was worried when I opened it. But when I read it, I'm like, okay, yes. no, this is actually quite a good one. We'll leave it there. Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, FNB Wealth and Investment. Appreciate the early morning. And that is our poll today around the, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, possible repercussions. This is a fast-moving story. But what's your take on it? How bad could this be? I think I side with Wayne there. It seems to be contained, and I don't think it's going to stay the, the Fed's hand at their next FOMC meeting later this month. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Kingsley Williams, Chief Investment Officer at Satrix. Kingsley, I appreciate the time at the recent investment forum you're presenting on investing mirrors life, how biases affect our investment decision making. I, 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 the whole conversation around uh, biases is, is one that absolutely fascinates me. And truthfully, as human beings, we are, we are riddled with biases across almost, I mean, probably almost everything we think. That's exactly right, Simon. What we found is quite interesting when uh, asking the attendees and the audience at my presentation who rated themselves uh, as a below average driver. Unsurprisingly, no one stuck up their hands. Um, and then we narrowed it down, you know, because maybe uh, financial service professionals are above average drivers. So amongst that cohort, uh, I asked the question again, and still only one or two brave, uh, brave souls raised their hands. So I think that speaks a lot to to the superiority bias that many of us have where we rate ourselves as being better than average. And most people rate themselves as being better than average. But obviously that can't be true on the whole. It absolutely can't. I mean, it, it, you know, it's simple math 101. Half of us have to be worse off. And in the investing world, it comes to, I mean, I suppose, I mean, everyone who is sort of managing either their own money or employing someone to manage it on their behalf via a collective investment scheme or the like. But in, in the active space, 
we all do it because we assume we're in the top half. But I mean, the, the, the stark reality is that half of us are in the top half and after costs, less than half. That's exactly right. And this uh, speaks to William Sharp's arithmetic of active management, where, uh, you know, theoretically, it's a zero-sum game amongst all market participants. But the theory changes when you start factoring in costs. So, you know, in a costless world, investors should be distributed around the market benchmark. Mm. Uh, You know, for every winner and rand that outperforms, there'll be another rand or dollar that underperforms around that market benchmark. But the reality is that all investing incurs costs. And so that shifts that whole distribution to the left. So relative to a market benchmark which doesn't have costs, there are only a minority of funds or investment strategies or investors that will ever outperform. And the data bears it out. When we look at the uh, returns across our industry relative to a net of fees benchmark, so after costs, uh, we see that most of the time the benchmark does better than, than your median manager through time. The other one is, is is confirmation bias, and this is a hard one. It, it it's 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 you know if if we if we have a belief, and and we do, we have beliefs about all sorts of things, whatever it might be, the best burger in Johannesburg, or or or, or climate change, or anything in between. We keep on finding information that supports our view, and we totally disregard information that that is contrary to our view. And and, and this is a hard one to overcome because, of course, we want to sit in a, in a comfort zone, which is we're right and 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 you're all wrong. Exactly right. And, you know, I think one that we don't have to look too far or be reminded of is, particularly with us being surrounded by a lot of negative news at the moment, is that, you know, this temptation to invest offshore as a surefire way to generate uh, better returns or superior returns mm-hmm. is, is a commonly held bias that uh, often subscribes to our confirmations and uh, heuristics and rules of thumb that we apply in our lives to make decisions. But again, the, the data doesn't really bear that out. If we look at how our market has performed, even our local equity market, a lot of the companies on the JSC derive a significant portion of their earnings from offshore mm-hmm. sources. So what that means is that, you know, the, the local exchange is, is actually able to offer pretty decent returns to some degree insulated from some of the headline news that we, that we hear about on a daily basis. Yeah, and last year, and I appreciate one year is a is not an investment time horizon. Uh, if you invested in the U.S. markets, it was a horror year. If you invested local, it was just a painful year. But an interesting point that you also made: you talk around anchoring and how you know a, a lot of anchoring where where you you kind of find something to to stick to. And the one example is the Regulation Twenty Eight, which says forty five percent offshore. So a lot of fund managers and individuals will go with forty five percent offshore. You've actually taken a, a different approach in your in your balanced index fund, where you actually look at a 36% offshore exposure and saying, actually, you know, because of the the volatility in the round and other factors, uh, lower might actually benefit. Yeah, one of the very prevalent uh, themes coming through at the conference is that our market is looking incredibly attractive. Despite the the numerous Mm -hmm. risks and headlines that we read on a daily basis, it, it is very undervalued. And so the expected returns going forward are actually quite attractive for our local market. Now, that doesn't mean one shouldn't hold offshore. It's very prudent to do that and to get the benefits of diversifying offshore. But if we anchor ourselves at the maximum limit, that may be suboptimal. And so it's very important that you have a thorough process around how you decide what your asset allocation should be and to mitigate against and have a process that mitigates against 
being uh, sucked into these biases, which we are ultimately very prone to. Yeah, and it's a case of, and it's what I always do, and not always successfully, is what I'm thinking uh, a reality or is what I'm thinking a, a bias, which is perhaps uh, distorting my thinking. Easy to say, I appreciate, but an important component. Kingsley Williams, CIO at Satrix, appreciate the time. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm talking with Martin Ackerman, Chief Economist at Citadel. Martin, appreciate the time. GDP data for Q4 minus 1.3%. Likely we're in a technical recession. Is this quarter probably also negative? This really highlights the hit to our economy from load shedding. I mean, we didn't, we, we know it's bad. This almost gives us a number to quantify yes, how right. bad. Uh, a very bad number for, for the last quarter. Um, pretty much unexpected, but that brings 2022 for the calendar year to about 2%. We'll get back to that now. But if you think about the quarter that we're in at the moment, it's probably going to be worse because we now got 100 days in a row uh, load mm-hmm. shedding. Um, all other indicators are suggesting that this is going to be quite a tough quarter. So if you follow the textbook definition, then two negative quarters and, and we're in recession. Um, so, yeah, it is tough out there, and, and we can see that at all levels. The two percent for, for for the year as a whole. I mean, that's not a bad number, but of course there are many moving parts to that, and we kind of started strong, and and, and some of that I imagine just base effect, because of course twenty twenty one was still deep pandemic. Yes, yeah, it's base effect, and it's also not all sectors, so which is a concern. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, only a couple of sectors. The big, uh, what I call job creating sectors like construction, mining, manufacturing, were actually ending in red, so they didn't contribute. Um, so it is not an indication of more sustainable economic growth, unfortunately. And then your two percent is is um, is actually not that great because if you think yeah. about the fact that the population is growing about one and a half, you know, just slightly uh, outgrowing the population, we're not going to uh, sort out things like high unemployment, um, and that speaks to a lot of uh, structural issues that we face and been facing for the last decade. So we've been trapped in this low-growth environment probably now for the last uh, decade, uh, yeah. if not more. And, um, you know, the sad reality is after that fourth quarter last year, we're now at the levels we've been before the COVID pandemic. So we haven't moved forward, uh, even with COVID in between, unfortunately. We're back to square one. Yeah, the last really good numbers was what early two thousands five percent occasionally GDP numbers uh, under what is Mbeki Manuel and Mbaweni at, at uh, uh, Reserve Bank. There were some bright spots: uh, household consumption. That was a bit of a surprise with the consumer under pressure. But I mean, it comes back to consumers are always smart. Yes, yeah, we we are a consumer-based economy, so you know, sixty-six percent plus of economic growth is driven by the consumer. Um, consumers had a tough quarter in the third, third quarter of last year. Uh, that was a concern, but there was quite a strong rebound in the fourth quarter, probably as part of the Christmas shopping spree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least that shows that consumers are not down and out, uh, despite high unemployment, high interest rate. 
rates, the cost of living crisis, you know, they could still record a positive quarter. So that is encouraging in terms of uh, a consumer-based economy. Yeah, and, and that comes to your earlier point. I mean, this is, you know, service-based, so it's hospitality. It's also some financial services, but it's not those really big sort of, I'm thinking, infrastructure construction spend, which is going to significantly change our unemployment landscape. Yes, yeah. So if we really want to address unemployment, given the skill base that we've got, we really need to get those sectors going. Um, and they are the sectors that are still struggling a lot. They are also the sectors that have been facing all the, the structural issues, you know, in terms of energy mm. supply, probably more so than the services uh, industries. If you think about the logistics side of the economy, uh, exporting to the harbors. Um, that's the kind of stuff that's much more uh, impactful on, 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 on mining and manufacturing compared to something like the financial services as, as, as an example. The one other really strong area was uh, fixed capital formation. Uh, in a note you sent out, you said that was the best news of the, of the day. Th- this is an important data point and, and, and was a positive data point. Yes, yeah, 100%. Uh, we're following that quite closely at the moment. You know, for the last two decades, we barely had positive quarters on that indicator, which was a suggestion or indication rather that uh, private and public companies didn't invest back into the economy. Uh, a lot of that contributed to the fact that we now got a lack of capacity, whether it's rail or harbour or, or electricity. Um, and as you said, that turned around five quarters ago, and we now have five positive quarters in a row. We haven't had that in about two decades. Um, and that's the first step towards more sustainable growth uh, for private and public companies willing to reinvest back into the economy. Through things like uh, you know equipment, uh, machinery, uh, transport, uh, so that is encouraging, and we'll keep on monitoring that. It's the longevity with those. I mean, if I if I put up a factory and buy equipment, I'm not going to suddenly take it down a month, even a year later, and 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 that's why it's so incredibly critical to to, to an economy. Yes, yeah, that that, that specific one, uh, um, capital formation percent of GDP, is slightly different from foreign direct investment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but foreign direct investment obviously is also, uh, it's been recovering, let's put it that way, especially after the president with his investment summits. But we've got a long way to go as well on that front uh, to actually get more investment back into the, uh, into the country. But you're 100% right. Capital formation, you know, that's indication that, well, either you need to do that because otherwise you can't do business or you're in expansion mode and you see that there is some potential upside and that's why you're reinvesting in things like uh, machinery and equipment and the likes. Part of that number we also need to keep in mind is a lot of the uh, alternative energy that's coming through the uh, uh, borders, mm-hmm. um, which is also encouraging because it is an indication that you know if uh, private sector continues to that, the import of lithium batteries, uh, solar panels and the likes, you know, then load shedding, we can solve that in you know, uh, probably quicker than we think uh, in terms of all of those equipment coming into the country. Quicker than we think. We'll leave it there. Martin Ackerman, Chief Economist at Citadel. Always appreciate the insights. That's it for today. I was chatting with Gary Boyson on Friday around the Thungela uh, full year trading update, looking for heps of around 130 to 133 rand, which is almost double the half year figure. And I got to say, I, it, it was better than I thought because I thought they'd have a, a tougher second half. We asked what your, if the update was in line with your expectations. Around half of you said yes, a third said, yep, it was okay, all things considered. The rest of you had hoped for better, truthfully. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. 
Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning on the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nubokle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Afrocentric results. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now. On the money.